Hello, welcome back to RyeCast. I'm James Stewart. One of the best things about living in Rye is the amazing amount of volunteering that people are doing. Pretty well everyone does some form of volunteering. And today's podcast is all about a brilliant local charity that's saving lives by providing emergency care for people having a heart attack. I'm at Sutton's on Sea Road in Winchelsea Beach, where Rother Responders have just installed their 20th defibrillator. That's a piece of kit that can give an electric shock to restart the heart. And today the charity is training local people how to use it, in the hope that more people know how to use the equipment and hopefully save more lives. Not just in Rye, but also in all the surrounding villages. There's a big gazebo set up outside Sutton's Fish Shop. Three volunteers from the charity are showing us how to use the kit with the help of a plastic dummy. The defibrillator itself, though, that's across the road at Sutton Industrial Park. It's a big green and yellow box. And standing by, ready to talk to me, is Rother Responders Chair Caroline Solly. Follow the voice prompt calmly. This is our 20th defibrillator in the local area, so we're really pleased about this. We've put it in here because on this stretch of road heading out towards Winchelsea Beach, there isn't any other defibrillator really. They've got to go into Winchelsea or all the way into Rye. So we've put one up here at the industrial park because there's obviously a lot of people working here, but there's also many, many houses nearby. It's on the national system so that you can find it if you phone 999 they will direct you to where the nearest defibrillator is all of our defibrillators are the same brand and type so that when we train people if they come across one hopefully it looks familiar but all defibrillators work in the same way they're all very simple they've all been designed for someone who has no experience no knowledge to use and no one should ever be scared of using one because the ambulance service is going to guide you through how to use it. We're going to do some training in a moment or two. I was going to talk to you about being scared to use it because actually it's a big deal, isn't it? It is, but you have to remember that you're giving that person a great chance at coming back to life. And if you don't use it, they haven't got a hope so if you have got somebody who's unconscious not breathing has had a heart attack then don't be scared the machine is going to do the work for you the machine knows what it's doing it just asks you to do a couple of simple steps first including right at the beginning telling you phone the ambulance service because if you haven't no one else is coming to help you It's good news, it's the 20th one here in Rye and the surrounding area. We have sort of 20 within the local vicinity. There are lots more within Rye. Some of them are private businesses or organisations. So don't want to take the credit away from others who've also got them. So, for example, the rugby club, the cricket club, a lot of private businesses also have them. They're open to the public to use. And they're all stored on the national database. So when you phone in, if you were in the centre of Rye, the ambulance service is probably going to say to you, oh, you're in Rye, there's one at the George, there's one at the Mermaid, there's one down at the station, for example. And not all of those will be ours, but it's great that there's so many in the local area. So the key is you need lots more people to know how to use it? Yes, yes, because the ambulance service is going to tell you where it is. We just want people to be confident that they'd actually pick it up and use it. It's like having a fire extinguisher. You hope it never gets used. It's nice that it's sitting in the corner, but if you have a fire and no one wants to pick it up because they're not confident about how to use it, then it's pointless. 
And there is a chance that if you do phone 999 and you've got one of these things handy, then somebody from Rother Responders will be there first before the ambulance. Absolutely. So as a local charity, we are not just about placing defibrillators and training members of the public in how to use them. We're also trained by the NHS, by CCAM, the local ambulance service, to provide an emergency response alongside the ambulances. Even with the best will in the world, even if you had hundreds more ambulances, there's always going to be occasions where they can't get to you as fast as you'd like. So we have a team of volunteers who are equipped by the ambulance service, trained by the ambulance service, and we get there in advance very often of the ambulance crew to provide life-saving care before they can get there. So, yes, if you pick up a defib out the cabinet and you've called 999, one of us might turn up in our little red uniforms instead of the green ambulance uniforms to help give you some support until the ambulance gets there. So you must be always on call. We do a certain number of hours every month. We do a minimum number of hours, but we can volunteer to do as many hours as we like. It's a great job. It's a great way of giving back to the community. Quite a few people here at Sea Road in Winchelsea Beach. Let's go and have a go, shall we? Okay. Adult mode. Follow the voice prompt calmly. So we've crossed the road. It's quite a busy road, Sea Road here in Winchelsea. The gazebo is up. Sally Savory is one of the volunteers who's going to give me some training. Sally, how come you got involved in all this? It's something that I'd wanted to do for a long time in that it's a way of really contributing to the community, to doing something that's very useful. I feel very strongly that in our rural communities, if there are opportunities to volunteer and to get involved, then being a first responder is a perfect way of doing that. What happens when you get the call? We will receive a text message telling us where to respond to. There'll be an address, you'll get a very brief sort of um, idea of what the nature of the call is, what the medical issue is, and then we will drive there. We stick entirely to the normal rules of the road. We get no special dispensations for going fast or anything like that. So you don't have a blue light or anything? We don't have a blue (laughs) light, no. (laughs) No. And then we'll arrive at the patient's house. We have quite an extensive kit that we carry with us that will include things like a defibrillator it includes oxygen a selection of dressings and bandages and some medication well we're going to do some training in a moment or two but you must have been in some fairly hairy situations they don't feel hairy given the nature of the training that we've received and we do have a scope of practice that means there are certain scenarios that we don't go out to. The main thing is that we always want to get there as soon as we can until the paramedics and the crew can arrive. So in front of us we have a a plastic dummy and the defibrillator. What do you want to show me? So I will show you as though you're just arrived on scene and there is a casualty lying on the pavement. So we'll imagine that this is real life and you've just come across this individual. The first thing that we always say to people is check for danger. As you noticed, it's quite a busy road. So you'll want to look around, make sure it's going to be safe for you to get down and attend the casualty. You might want to think about what has caused the casualty to be on the floor. Is there an electrical cable? Could they be down there with a shock? Could there be a gas? leak could there be something that's not just medical for that for that patient when it's safe for for you to approach and you know that that everything's gonna be okay switch the defibrillator on 
Call emergency medical services now. While this is going on, you can continue to do CPR. Remove all clothing from chest and stomach. Rip clothing if necessary. So this is where the machine is deciding whether a shock, shock needs to be advised. given. And you can hear it's just said a shock has been advised. Shock delivered. And then you'd continue to CPR. So the machine leads you through it, doesn't it? Yes, the machine will talk you through exactly what you will do. It will also tell you sometimes that a shock isn't advised, in which case you'll continue CPR until the paramedics arrive. Sometimes it might be that you'll do a shock, the next time it will analyse the rhythm, you won't have a shock, the next time it might be a shock again. But keep going until the ambulance arrives? Or until you feel that the patient has given a breath and you've got a a return of, of circulation, in which case leave the pads on because what you won't have done is address the underlying issue um, that has caused somebody to arrest in the first place. And if you put them in a recovery position, all you'll have to do is put them out of the recovery position, so just leave them lying like that. You're hugely passionate about this. What would you say to people in Rye and the surrounding area about getting involved? I think attend... A session, if you can, where you can have a go at CPR, when you can see one of the defibrillators, one of the training defibrillators, and you can just get used to it. Make sure that you know where the defibs are locally, because we've got a lot of them, and don't be afraid. And even if you're not the person who puts the defibrillator on, you can be the person who runs and knows and gets the defibrillator. But I think it's something that's really helpful for people to know about. Remove all clothing from chest and stomach. Rip clothing if necessary. One of the people who's just down the training is Gary Bruce from Winchelsea, just down the road. How was the training? It was good. Learned a lot of things, showed us how to do it. So, yeah, hopefully I'll be of some use to somebody. How come you came along? We go shopping in Sutton's shop and they told us about it. My wife knows all these things, but I needed to know how to do it as well. Is it scary? No, not really. It's just a difference between doing it to a man and a woman. <laughs> and you'd feel confident if somebody had a heart attack nearby to be able to pick up the kit and do it? Yes, yes, definitely. Good chance you could save a life. Oh, could do, yeah. All my friends are very old. Well, fingers crossed you don't have to use it. Good to see you. Yeah. Do not touch the patient. Analysing heart rhythm. Jeff Foots here from Winchelsea Beach. You've had the training, Jeff. How was it? Excellent. It was really a refresher. We did a training ooh, a few years ago when we had installed at the Winchester Beach Community Hall. Why do you feel so passionate about it? Why have you got involved? Well, you never know when you're going to need it. Just when you don't expect it, I expect. Has that happened yet? A couple of years ago, there was an incident at the caravan park and we recently had the defibrillator installed outside the hall. They used it. Fortunately, they didn't need to administer the shock. Is it daunting? Did you find it scary to do? No, not really. I don't think so. You just have to keep a cool head. You'll feel confident <laughs> in real life to use it. Oh, no, well, that's different. You just don't know until it happens, do you? Shock advised. Stand clear. Press the flashing orange button now. Deliver shock now. Shock delivered. We're at Sutton's Industrial Park, across the road from Sutton's itself, one of the big landmarks in Winchelsea Beach, the owner currently. 
Una Sutton. You took this over about a year ago, didn't you? Yes, I did. August the 4th last year. How's it going? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, and now we're getting in summer again. It's getting really busy again, yes. It's a really big family concern. I mean, we must come back and do a proper podcast about Suttons because, you know, just talking to your family as well, real passion for what they do. It's been here since 1932 and it's been the family ever since. Yes. And the, the old guy's still checking up on you? Uncle Hugh, yes, he's always checking up on me, making sure I'm doing everything correctly. <laughs> but we're here to talk about the defibrillator yes. and rather responders. You've got the new defibrillator on the industrial park across the road. Why have you said yes to it? It's very important for the local community that they've got something that they can use in case of emergency, God forbid. They approached my mother, whose industrial park it is, and we thought it'd be a good idea to put it in there. Have you had a go yet? Yes, I have, yes. How'd it go? (laughs) Actually, with them talking me through it, it went really well, yeah. It was really simple, actually, and really cleverly done. Now you don't have to do CPR via the mouth. It's a lot easier to um, do the compressions and not have to worry about everything else. And the machines are absolutely amazing. Um, They talk you through step by step, and they show you with diagrams where to put the pads. And hopefully people, if they need it, will know where it is. So tell us exactly where it is. If you go along Sea Road, coming from Rye, you'll see an industrial park on the right-hand side and a little fish shop, Sutton's Fish Shop, on the left-hand side. It's on the right-hand side, just in the entrance of the industrial park. It's a yellow and green machine. And it's got the code written on the outside so that you just tap it in. You don't have to find anybody else. Just pull up wherever you need and take it. And it feels like you're giving something back to the community. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's great having it there. Yeah, we're really impressed and we're really proud to have it. Begin CPR now. Let's go back to Caroline. Were you any good? Did you pass? (laughs) Flying colours every time. Good, that's what I'd like to hear. So what do you get out of it? I get out of it being part of a lovely small local charity where... Every single penny that we raise goes towards buying new batteries or new equipment, not a penny for anything else. I also get out of it that I know that in my local community that we're increasing the chances for someone who's taken ill, not just needing a defibrillator, but other incidences as well. The reason I joined the responders and the NHS programme in the first place was because of a, a couple of personal incidences that had happened locally. You know that even with the best will in the world, they can't be everywhere, paramedics. So if you can learn some life-saving skills and hopefully help your local community. But your background isn't, the NHS isn't being a responder, is it? No, it isn't. I originally started off running nightclubs and then somehow ended up designing medical devices. But that's not why I got into it. And you don't need a medical background. Most of our volunteers have no medical experience, no medical background, just the incentive to try and help. We enjoy it, and it's a nice local community team. And you've saved lives. Occasionally, yes. And it does give you a sense of reward, I suppose, that it's all been worthwhile the hours and the training and everything else I don't think there can be anything better than whether it's just holding someone's hand who doesn't feel very well to reassure them or whether it's at the other extreme of actually providing what we'd call life-saving care I think there's an important role for us to play very often just the sight of us turning up five minutes before the ambulance provides the family and the patient with a huge sense of relief that someone's there 
What about the reaction afterwards? Do people thank you? Do they get in touch? We have lots of people that perhaps we've seen before we bump into in the street who say thank you. Sometimes they get involved in other ways, perhaps by fundraising, things like that. But that's not required. That's not why we do it. It's nice to know that we're appreciated. And and I think a lot more people are getting used to seeing our red polo shirts around town. (laughs) And for anybody who's listening to this or reading about it in Rye News... How do people get involved? There's two ways. You can either get involved by becoming a responder like myself. In fact, they're opening the interview process again in October this year. We're always looking for more people, especially in the surrounding villages around Rye, because often that's where it can take a little bit longer for an ambulance to get to you. So you can go the full Monty, if you like, and become a responder like myself, Or you can just help us in other ways. We have people who live close to some of our defibrillators who check them for us on a regular basis just to make sure that they're working properly, etc., and let us know if if there's any problems with them. Because obviously we cover quite a wide area. It's a long way to keep driving around looking at them all. So there's ways like that to get involved or coming along to one of these days just to learn how to use a defib because we just want as many people as possible to feel confident about getting involved if they see somebody taken ill. So what, hundreds of people around here have been through the courses, do you reckon? Thousands? I would say thousands. I've been with Rother Responders for six years. It's been in existence for quite a few years, more than that. And every year we do dozens of events where we train many people. And so, yes, I would like to think that there's thousands across Rye and the surrounding areas that now know how to use a DFib. It's a really, really brilliant thing that you're doing. But you're not replacing the ambulance, are you? No, not at all. All we are is an extra pair of hands to hopefully get there a little bit in advance. We're not there to replace the ambulance crews. We often can turn up at something at exactly the same time as the ambulance crew and they will still ask us to stay because sometimes just having a third pair of hands to assist them, whether it's moving the patient, helping with equipment, whatever, they like us to keep there and and stay involved. So we're just an extra pair of hands. Really good to see you all today. What's the model called? I call him Barney, but I don't think he's got a name. Thanks to Caroline and Sally from Rother Responders. You can find more details about the charity and the locations where you can find one of their defibrillators on their website. That's rotherresponders.org.uk. And they're also looking for fundraising too, of course. Each kit costs about £1,500 with about 150 or so a year to run. So get involved in fundraising too if you fancy it. As usual, all the details are also on rycast.org. The email, rycastsussex at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. System shutting down.